You're listening to Serious Business with Andy Audate. Serious talk on business, marketing, and finance to win in this new economy. In this podcast, every single day, Andy Audate reveals cutting-edge strategies, technologies, techniques, and solutions to exponentially grow your business in the new economy. Andy, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on today, man. Hey, bro, bro, man. I appreciate you for having me on your show, bro, bro. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Andy, you've got a lot of exciting things going on right now. Um, I know you got an upcoming tour that, that we'll cover. Um, and your story's an absolutely phenomenal one. It, it's one that I think a lot of people out there are going to be able to resonate with. Um, but if you would, before we start diving into what you, what you really have going on right now, if you would, take us back to what I call the origin story. Um, so that's wherever your entrepreneurial journey began for you um that could be as early as you know high school or later on you know if you would just take us back to that spot it that's a good point man origin story it's gonna it's gonna definitely be around the time man when my dad my dad actually went to went to new york so i'm originally from the east coast and i'm from an impoverished area where there's drugs violence gang members and all uh, people of alike and on the East Coast, when my dad goes to New York, what that meant was he was buying clothes because you can go to New York and you can buy clothes for a dollar, for three dollars. And I'm telling you, nice stuff. I mean, maybe some, maybe they were knockoffs because, well, for whatever reason, but nice stuff that we, we I like. And when I, when my dad went, he said, "Hey, is there anything that you want?" I said, "Dad, let me get the Nike Air Force ones, Dad, the ones with the strap." And, you know, <laughs> with yep. and I said, yep. "Dad, I go to school with those." Even though I'm going to be wearing a uniform because I was in a private school, I tell you, I'm going to be so swagged out. Like, the girls are going to like me. I'm going to be one of the most handsome men. You know, because I thought because those sneakers made man. I thought they made me. So my dad goes there for three days, comes back and, and three days later, and he didn't have them. I said, Dad, what is it? What is it? <laughs> like, I don't see it in, in any of the bags. I'm looking at all the bags. I don't see any of the sneakers. And he's like, I didn't, I didn't have enough money to go get those. And I was like, Dad, I literally like laid down on my bed thinking about what life was going to be like with those sneakers that I was consumed with it, that when I didn't get them, I, w- I was essentially distraught. So instead of me just sulking for so long, I left my house and I went across the street and I went to the neighbor and I said, hey, can I shovel your yard for you? Can I shovel for you? And the, the first neighbor said no. And I, and I remember I was like, what the what? <clears throat> Instead of me fighting it, I just went on to the next door. And the next door, they said no. I knocked on the door. I said, Mr. Martin, can I knock on you? Can I, can I shovel your snow? I'll put it all in the corner for you. And he said, no, nah, I ain't got a snowblower. Don't worry about it. And I remember like, damn. Like, I looked backwards at my house. I said, my house is right there. If I left and I went to my house, man, I would not be a successful entrepreneur today. Today. Um, this, this, is, this, is, um, this is 16 years ago. I would not be an entrepreneur today. So I, I went one more door and that other person gave, said yes and gave me 10 bucks. So I shoveled that person's house. I went to 24 doors later and 16 out of the, ho- 16 out of the 24 ended up giving me the money. So I had $160 for the shoes. And I remember I went back home and I started ironing the money and, on my bed because I wanted it to be fat, flat and, and crisp. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
And because of that, I didn't go get the sneakers. Why? Because it was my money. I didn't get the sneakers. But I did learn that if I produce results, if I, if I work, I can get paid based off my own efforts. So, so let me ask you this, Andy. Why do you go to the third door? Well, I, I was just one door away from no. I mean, from yes. So, you know, there's so many no's that people can give to the point where someone's going to say yes. Someone's going to look at the snow and say, I'm in my warm house and, I'm, and this guy's outside willing to do it. Ten bucks ain't shit to me, so I'll do it. So I was looking for that one person, recognizing that there's some people that, A, didn't like me because I was black, and that's true. I didn't realize they were racist in the area. So recognizing that there are some people who are racist that, I, that aren't going to do business with me just because of my skin color. There are people who aren't going to do business with me because of the fact that they have the resources like a snowblower to do it themselves. But then C is the, the fact that somebody's going to be in their warm house, get up from the couch, look outside and say, damn, it's snowing. I don't want to do it. And then have me there say, yes, I'll do it for you. And, and you're how old at this point? Uh, this is 11. 11. So, I mean, as an 11-year-old, though, like, these explanations you're giving me right now are fantastic. And, you know, it's great. Um, they're great tactics and tips that you would apply to everyday business right now, you know, and growing a business that, um, you know, not to take a no, keep going, keep going. And I understand how you're putting into words there, but as an 11 year old, like take me back to your 11 year old self, Andy, well, uh, that, why'd you knock on that third door? I, I feel you. I feel you. That's logical to look at it and be like, yo, why wouldn't an 11 year old, why, why would an 11-year-old really have such an issue like, like, or, or have a foundational understanding? Well, right. the way that my parents raised me, I was raised as an adult. I wasn't raised as an 11-year-old. So I was in school hustling candy. I was in school hustling cell phones at, um, really at a young age. So even though, I was, even though I was 11, man, I was like an adult. I was like struggling over bills in my own mind. <laughs> I was just imagine like I'm the I'm the 11 year old on my on my at the school bathroom. I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, I gotta pay the cell phone bill. And like the cell phone bill is forty dollars. I'm like, how am I gonna? Now I'm on the toilet in my school bathroom, and you got other 11 year olds talking about let's go play at recess. And I'm in the bathroom like with my head on the hand on my head. I'm like, I gotta get the forty dollars for for the for the cell phone bill. Like, how many lawns do I have to rake? You know, like, okay, shit, like, man, it sucks being an adult. Like, you know, <laughs> but that's, that's the mindset of the kid uh, uh, yeah. that I had, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I totally get that. Um, I can remember as, I don't know, as an 11-year-old, but 14, 15 years old, you know, thinking, how am I going to pay that cell phone bill, um, that kind of thing. But that, that kind of sparks another question for me, and... I'm kind of uh, going all over the place here, but I think we're going to be able to tie it back um, together in a second. But at what age did money really change for you? So what I mean by that question, let me elaborate a little bit. You know, there's a certain age where as a kid, a hundred bucks was like what a million bucks is today to us, right? Um, you know, it was always a really big number. And then there's a certain transition where $100 isn't that much. You get what I'm asking there? Like, yeah, when did, think, when did your I mindset think, shift? I think it was around, I started dabbling into the thousands. 
around 16, 15, 16. I purchased my first car, for example. I was 15 years old when I purchased my first car. And I had 20, I had, my car was like 3,500. And I just paid, and I, and I remember like not looking at the money so, because my dad, the way that he taught me about money was that it, was, it had not a ton of value. Money didn't have much value. It was a means to an end. So exactly. you look at money as a tool. Like I learned money was equivalent to a hammer. Like what, how much, how long, like how much do you care for a hammer? Do you go to bed with a hammer? Like, like how much do you care for a hammer? It was a tool. So I don't use money to hammer the nail. Like you have you use a specific tool. So you use money for a specific reason. So but the, the, my dad taught me that relationships is what was important. That the foundation of family was important. So that's what my dad taught me. So even when I was spending thirty five hundred dollars on a car, that wasn't. I didn't really didn't look at it as much. Then sixteen. Then at nineteen, uh, I saved seven thousand dollars, and that seven thousand dollars is. And I remember not even looking at it. I was just going. I was just making decisions based on what I had in my bank account. So even when I spent seven thousand dollars to open my first business, within six months I made a hundred grand, and I was nineteen. Within by twenty one, I made a million dollars. And I remember just look, making my decisions based off how much do I have in my bank account and saying, okay, uh, how, am I, how am I getting more of it? Because I don't want to go backwards. How am I going to get more of it? So I, I don't know if I had a specific age. I just think that I had different levels that I was playing. So, right. So growing up, you know, you mentioned at the very beginning here that you grew up in an area that was really uh, predominantly heavy with drugs, gang violence, that kind of thing. It's very easy when you grow up in that environment to fall into the same exact things. Um, it's kind of the, the old adage of if you look at the people who you spend your most time with, it's a reflection of yourself, right? Um, how did you not do that? How did you kind of break out of that and um, break into the success that you've been I was a drug dealer and I was a drug user. I, don't, I, just, I sold it, I used it. Uh, and I was heavy into alcohol as well. So I wish I could tell you, like, I didn't use it. Yeah. I used it. I used it. Uh, many times on a daily basis, I used, I used drugs. And my, my drug of choice was marijuana. And some, some would say it's not a drug. Some would say it is. But I was selling it. I put it in, into bags, and I flipped it for $10, $11, $30, 50 bucks, and uh, $100. Bucks. And then I first started off as a runner, and then I got my own weight. And, and how did you transition from that into something more legitimate? My, <laughs> my, dad's on the, my dad's on the phone with me, right? He's on the phone. And I remember, I remember, so I'm home alone, right? And I had pot, I had weed, and I didn't even know how to smoke it, Kevin. I didn't know how to smoke weed. So <laughs> I, I saw people who were, now I sold it, but I didn't know how to roll it because I would be other, with other people who, who knew how to roll it. So right. I saw. I always saw it was in a brown, like something brown. Something I know. I remember seeing it. It was brown, and and what it, what it was? It was a Dutch. So it was a Dutch master from the convenience store where people would smoke and smoke tobacco. Now mm -hmm. I never seen people smoke tobacco out of it, but you can buy it at the convenience store where they have tobacco in it, and then you can unroll it, take the tobacco out, put the marijuana inside. And so I I took like I essentially took that. And like I, I took that understanding and I was home alone one day and there was the, uh, there was marijuana I, that I had, that I had purchased. And 
I t got a brown piece of paper back. I cut it up, put the marijuana in there, and then I smoked it at my house. And then my dad called me. He was at work. He said he was in medical uh, medical industry, so he was like working an overnight shift. And mm -hmm. I put the phone down next to the TV. So I'm like, Dad, what's up? What's up? I'm like, Dad, what's up? What's up? What's up? Oh, hold on a second. And I put the phone down, and it was um, what was playing was uh, NB MSNBC Lockup. And when MSNBC Lockup was playing, that's like a TV show about people's lifestyle in prison. Mm -hmm. Well, there was a portion of it that was sharing about the person getting arrested and they were talking about drug use. So it was like, hey, man, I was smoking weed and, this, and I got in trouble and, and then he went to jail. And then my dad overheard that portion of the show while I was doing whatever I was doing. So in the house, I have a blunt. Now, I didn't do it right because the house ended up smelling reeking. And then my dad goes, what are you doing listening to stuff about content, about like TV, about weed, and da da da, da and go, going off on me. I'm like, dad, it's just a show. I'm not, that doesn't mean I'm in it. Even though I have some, that doesn't mean, I, that doesn't mean I'm in it, dad. It's just a TV show. And he's like, what are you doing? Like, like, and he goes, berserk. he goes off on me. And he goes, you want to end up there? And I was like, yo, I don't want to end up on it. I don't want to end up on MSNBC. I don't want to end up on lockup. So I, I, I put it out. I remember I stashed it, and I had, like, a, a basketball's trophy that I stashed it all in there. And I hit it, and then I had to take a fan, and I turned the fan inside out where it would blow, where the side that was blown, I, took, I, I, I turned it to the window, and it was sucking in all the air from inside the house and outside. And then I remember a couple hours later, my mom walks in, and she's like, it smells weird in here. It smells like a skunk. It smells awfully weird. And I said, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. And I remember that, like, that experience where I was like, yo, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to live this lifestyle. I don't, I'm not that person. I'm a good church boy. Um, I wish I, I could say that, but I was really the bad guy who was influencing everyone to do stuff. But I know deep down inside of me, I was better than, than that guy who was selling dope. Right. I was better. So I made that decision there to stop that lifestyle. Um, plus the person that I was running for, he got in trouble with a gun. And I was like, man, that's where I'll be headed. Like, I'll be headed to getting in jail with guns and stuff. So that's not the lifestyle I want to live. I want to be an entrepreneur. I already have this hustle in me, but I want to be an entrepreneur. So I've noticed throughout a lot of your story, um, you keep mentioning your dad or your mom and how they raised you and everything like that. It seems like they had a really integral part into how you turned out today. Um, one question I kind of want to pose you is if your parents had raised you differently in the sense of everything was provided for you that not that you needed, but that you wanted, um, do you think that your outcome had would have been different as far as what you're doing now? Say that last part again. So if, if your parents in the way that they had raised you, if, um, they had provided everything that you wanted. So, for example, if they had been able to buy those Air Force Jordans or, you know, your cell phone, you didn't have to cover that. Um, you weren't necessarily raised in as an, as an adult, as we talked about earlier. Um, do you think that you would have been in the same position that you are today? Definitely um, not. And, and here's why. Because those were innate, those were innate lessons. So they could have told me like, hey, son, you know, you got to produce results in order to get what you want. So they could have said that, but they taught me that through their decision making skill, through their decisions. Now, and that might have not been their intention to do that. That could have been based off the current finances at the time. 
um, or their, their, what, their situation, my parents' situation. But the lessons that I learned from it is that, yo, I got to produce results. I got to be, and I'm responsible, and I'm solely responsible. I'm solely responsible. So, so after experiencing that, man, I, I realized that that drove me to be a hustler, not necessarily in the negative light of being like a drug hustler, but a hustler that got whatever I needed by any means, whatever it took. So when, when, when times fell off, times fell off, I mean, in times being hard for a 17 year old or 16 year old or 18 year old could just be like, Hey man, like you're, you don't have enough money for food or you don't have, you're like, you're just getting by or you got to help mom and dad out with, 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 with the money, the household money. But when times felt like that, I just said, I'll get it. And I had a co more confidence in myself to figure it out. So back then I was selling cell phones. I moved into selling cell phones in high school where I sold cell phones. Um, like I would, I would purchase a, a, a unused, I mean, a, I would purchase a used phone and clean it up un security, unlock it. And then in factory reset it, put it into a nice block box, add some accessories that cost me a dollar 50 and I would sell it for, uh, for, you know, 75 bucks more than I purchased it for. And I would do that a couple of times. You do that 10 times in a week. That's $750 that I just made. And was there any story really behind where you realized that you would be able to do that? You know, cause the average person doesn't think, Hey, let me start a side hustle of flipping cell phones. Like that's just not what goes through the average person's yeah, I, brain. I don't know. That's a good question. Like what happened that I created? That? I, I don't know. I mean, look, my mom was a businesswoman, so she already owned a business. So like I learned from fifth grade. So you kind of grew yeah, up around that environment. My mom invested into a business. So, you know, when my mom invested into a business, that was probably like one of the best things that ever happened to me and my family because I really got a, a font, like, like she went through that, but I really got a foundational understanding of business. So when she did that, I was, I remember being young and I saw my mom hustling and I was forced and I was dragged to go to the store. But I mean, man, even then, man, like I was like, I was independent because even in fifth grade, you know, we were talking about the 11 year old, like my 11 year old doesn't think about bills, but even in fifth grade, man, and that's like 10, uh, 10 years old that I was nine, 10. I remember I went to my mom and I said, mom, I want to open up a business. And she said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to open up Andy's kid shop. And still to this day, it's at my house. The, the, the inventory is at my house. Still to this day at my mom's house. And I, she gave me a catalog, which was a magazine. And she said, buy get all the novelties that you want and i'll pay for it so i ordered uh, like like ring pop that you could put like it was like rings that you can put jewelry in that kids can hold like hold their earring or whatever in yep. um yep. necklaces jump ropes um action figures like all those stuff i i ordered that and i ordered, ordered a, a plethora and i remember i went to my mom and i said mom can i get a, a register like i want to register and i want cash in it so a kid can come up to me because what happened was my mom had a, a store, a uniform store where it would, it was um, like uh, a scrubs that doctors, dentists, nurses would wear those scrubs and the, and the kids would come. So I'm stuck and I'm dragged to the store and I'm like, yo, you making money? Shit, I'm going to make money too. And I'm telling you, like I'm nine, 10 years old at the time. So I said, mom, I need yep. to make money. And so she, she purchased Andy's, she purchased this novelty stuff and that opened up Andy's kids shop. And I was, I, was like, I was like in a corner of my mom's store. Um, and I remember like, man, like before that, 
I'm t- like now we're talking about eight years old at the store because she had she had it for a couple of years at the store. I would walk to it from school, and uh, there was a spot in the back where it was like a desk, and it, like 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 I remember cleaning up the desk. It was like a wooden gold desk, and I remember cleaning up the desk, sitting in the back cleaning up and I was doing my homework there and that would be my little office man I had, I had a little rolodex on top and I was like hey man this is my little office plate my office space I'm gonna be a businessman that's how I say it too I'm gonna be a businessman so dude <laughs> it started off as at a, at a young age so me being 25 now and, and people saying oh wow you've done very well like hey man like I've been in this for for fuck I've, I've been in this for nearly 20 years like you really think about it nearly 20 years, but it started off slow. So what I was doing at fifth grade, my mom's teaching me about gross profit at fifth grade. Like, there's no clients in the stores. My mom is teaching me, hey, grab this piece of paper. Yeah, this, you want to know what, all right, there's a cost for this. It cost me $5. I sell it for 10. How much is left over? 15? No, Andy. <laughs> five, cost you five, you're negative. You add five, that means you're positive. How much? Five. That's called gross profit, Andy. Oh, so what does that do? That's profit. That's the money I keep, and or I can use it to buy another one and sell two of them, and then make ten dollars. So, so that's what you want to do in the in business. And I'm like, yo, I'm like five years. I mean, uh, I'm like eight, nine, ten years old learning this stuff. So that's why when I got to the point that I was eleven, man, I'm over here hustling in the streets, and I'm like, yo, I need to get, I need to pay my bill because my mom told me if I don't, if I don't pay my bill, she's gonna take out, take out my phone. And the phone that I was using was like a psychic at the time with the, with, with the team with the internet. And I had to pay for the phone bill. I had to pay for the internet part of the bill. So the I never I never actually went in depth like with any of this stuff in a podcast. Yeah, so the the cell phone um side hustle though at some point turned quite a bit bigger, correct? Yeah, a little, yeah, a little yeah. If you would, if you would take us, I, I was actually while you were um, while you were going through that, I was double checking that. But if you would take us through <laughs> that transitional yeah, point there and what you were able to do as a cell phone hustle. Yeah. So look. So in high school, I'm flipping. I'm, fl- I'm flipping these phones. I got Blackberries for sale. I got whatever you need. I got razors for sale. The, the Motorola razors. I got. Blackberry uh, touches, Blackberry storms. I got Psychics. I got the Psychic 09. This was back in 2008, 2009. So I got I got the Psychic 09 that just came out. I got the Psychic uh, LX. I got what you need. I got you. And I, I and then what happened, bro? Let me tell you, Kevin. There was a glitch with T-Mobile back in the day. So what the glitch was that if you purchased the, a SIM card at Walmart for tw- uh, it was like twenty or forty bucks. If you purchase a SIM card. You put a certain amount of minutes on there. After the minutes ran up, the internet kept on working. For somehow, some way, the <laughs> internet kept on working. And this was a time where, like, like, I want you to imagine you never having to pay your internet. Like, you don't have phone service, but you had internet. So what would you do? A lot of people would go crazy, man. Yeah. So, so the time, that time. Especially when, back then, right? Especially back then. Yeah. So the, what was hot was uh, AOL Instant Messenger. Uh, yeah. school. So I was going to Walmart, buying these SIM cards, man, and flipping them. And I was like, yo, I got the hack SIM cards, bro. I, I have a certain way to do it. I have a certain way to do it. You got to come through me to get it. So I'm flipping these SIM cards like to everybody at school. I'm telling you, I was making bank. 
I bought a car for a couple of thousand dollars, man. I was making buku bucks. Then 18 year, uh, 19 years, um, 18 years old, I get a job at Metro PCS. I walk into Metro PCS and I apply. I get a job at Metro PCS. Now I transition from hustling phones in school, and that's how I, that's one of the ways that I told them I got a, I got the job. Like I was like, hey man, I already sell phones in schools. I know about the technology. Um, buy well just give me a job and let me do it for you. And and then, so they gave me right. a job. So I get this job now, and within a couple of months, man, I become manager. I'm an 18 year old manager managing people who are 36, 40 years old, much older than me. I'm teaching them how to greet, qualify, present, close. I'm teaching them how to sell cell phones. Then. I get moved to a store for away from the whole headquarters and I'm managing that location by myself. So the first location, I'm a manager, but I'm managing with the leader above me. Now I'm, I get shipped to a store that's far from the headquarters and I'm completely on my own. Now I got a challenge. These people that I'm managing, they're looking at me like, yo, you're 18, man. You got, man, why the hell am I listening to an 18 year old? But I knew what I was doing. So right. the, I asked my, my senior, my leader, I said, what do you want me to do? Uh, I'm in the situation. You told me to sell 200 phones this month, but I got these people like they ain't trying to work. And he said, what you going to do? I said, I don't know. He said, clear house. I said, clear house? Like fire everybody? He's like, fire everybody, man. You got to produce the result. I don't give a damn how you produce the result. Produce the result. And I said, oh, I bet. So I clear house, completely fire everybody. Now it's just me working at the store. And I, I put an ad out on my Instagram. Now, mind you, I just graduated high school. So at this, at this stage. And so who's following me on Instagram? People from high school. So I People put an ad out school, on Instagram. Right? I put an ad around different parts of the city. I'm like, hey, I'm hiring. Then someone from Instagram reaches out to me and says, hey, man, I'm, I'm willing to come work with you. So he comes in and works. He comes in for the application. That dude who, uh, who uh, applied was one of the dudes that bought phones for me in high school. So he's a and, and he will buy phones from me and then he'll resell them. So he's a hustler too. So I said, "Hey man, I don't really know you well, but let's lock and load, bro. Let's 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 open this let's, let's work at this store." So we work at the store and now me and him are working together and I hired a couple more other people. So me and him, that dude in high school working together, we're the same age. So we work out together, we go to parties together, we hang out. One day we're going out for uh, we're going we're at a party. I mean, one day we're at the gym working out and we leave the gym. And he looks at me and he says, yo, man, I've been working with you for a couple of months, dude. And I like your leadership. I see that you got like, like you got something in you, bro. I think you should open up your own business. And I looked at him and I said, what are you talking about? Open up my own business. He said, I think you should open up your own business. Like I, like I see your, like I see where you're at, man. I'm like, I'm in shock and I'll leave the company that I'm working for, which is where you're working at. And I will come work for you. And Dude, I think you could do it. And I looked at him and I was like, I don't think you, you see me. Like, I'm black, dude. First of all, I'm black. I'm 19 years old. I, I'm from the hood. I'm a college dropout. I don't think there's a way that I can be successful, bro. He looked at me and said, dude, I believe in you. Take the chance. I believe in you. Take the opportunity. I believe in you. And I'll do it with you. I took his belief and I said, you know what? I'll do it based off that. I'll take, it, I'll take your belief. So sometimes you got to take someone else's belief. Sometimes you got to take someone else's belief. How, how important do you think it was that he pointed it out? Yeah. If, if, he, if, if he had never said anything about you starting a business, um, how much longer do you think it would have taken you to come to that realization? Like how important do you think his role was in your story? 
Man, I, I might have realized it today. Like I might, like, I might have realized it twenty. You know, six, it's been six years. I might have realized it six years later, where it's like, oh, maybe I am powerful. Like it could have took a longer time. So, so for me to realize it, because I started realizing it through other people's understanding of how powerful I was. So, Did- based on what other people, well, based on what other people were saying, I was so early on in my confidence building. That I went, I took other people's belief before I believed myself. You know, I had another guest on the show kind of bring up this similar story where someone else pointed out um, that, hey, they should start this business or this company or whatever. And I thought about this question at the time and I didn't ask it and I regretted it. So I'm going to ask you because it's the same story here um, and it'll apply. Do you think it is integral or important as entrepreneurs to do exactly what that guy did for you and point out um, to others, you know, their their proficiencies and things like that? Look, if you have experienced growth from other people, if you've experienced growth because of other people, you got you have a duty to support other people in their growth. Like I take it as a duty in my life that I empower other people because doubt is real. Fear is real. So I take, uh, uh, like when I speak to people, especially on stage or students, I'm like, Kevin, you got to go to the next level. And I believe in you to do that. Why? Because we have such a small seed in our brain that's like fighting us to like, yo, bro, go like, like you can't do it. That, that one other person's belief could be the reason your life changes. So, so many people could come to me where they're, they're like, Andy, you changed my life. And because you told me this five years ago, I'll tell you, I'll give you an example, man. I used to go clubbing. I don't go clubbing anymore. But um, when I moved to California, when I, I don't, because that's not where I spend my time. That's not, man, I, my, like right now, I'm like, I, I have about 540 something hours to the end of this month. You know, like I'm looking at, yep. I look at the month. So, and my team looks at it the same way. I recognize that in, in, uh, in one hour and 58 minutes, I'm going to be in a, in a team meeting with my sales team, and we're going to have exactly 90 minutes to have a discussion. Like, so we're, we're cutting it, I'm, I'm, and I know that I have a 90-minute workout, and then I know that I have a 30-minute th- phone call. Like, I know what the, what the, like, down to the hour, so going to the club is not being cognizant of my time. Like, I know that I probably have 15,000 days to live. You know, maybe, maybe not. Kobe had 13,700 and something days to live before he passed. So, like, I want you to look at time in a certain way and be like, yo, what can I do with the time that I have? So you put 13,000 yeah. hours that Kobe lived in 41 years and you multiply it by 40, well, I mean, 24 hours, you're like, damn, like, if you waste one hour, like, fuck, like, that's one out of that duration of, time, of life. So I don't go to clubs anymore. I, I think that's a great thing to point out real quick. Um, I think that's a great thing to point out because you'll notice the successful people um, typically, you know, aren't at clubs, right? <laughs> it's just not because of that, that exact reason, what you're spending your time on and so on and so forth. I just yeah, wanted to point I mean, that and out. That's why. So correction, Kobe had like 14,690 something days, but, but that's, that, that's right. Like, but some of them, some of them are, so some some depending on where you live, like like in I don't in in LA, man, like you find some successful people at clubs because they got so much time that I mean they got so much money that they got too much time. It's a different level of success, though. Different, right? Level if, of if you're building your business, you don't need to be spending your time at the club. 
I mean, yeah, right? Yeah, and if you're no longer, like some people get to a point where they're comfortable in success that other people praise them, and that's what they were going for. They were going for the praise. So right. they, they're saying, hey, I'm good where I'm at. Like, I'm, I'm comfortable. So, but I, one night, I, one day, two years ago, I was in the club, and um, so the last time I was in the club was two years ago, March 2nd of two years ago. And a, a month late, a year later, sometime in March of last year, I remember I was going through one of those times where I was questioning myself. Look, it happens every, at least on a quarterly basis, maybe even a monthly basis. I question myself and I question my direction. And then I, I do it anyway. Like I, I still do it, but I question, I take a hesitation. I'm like, oh shit. Am I, and I start doubting and questioning. Then I ground myself and get with God. And I'm like, all right, let's, let's explode. So, but one of those times where I just poured out to social media and I was like, hey, man, if I've ever supported you in your growth and your business and your life, like, please let me know. I'm at a point right now where I'm questioning, like, if what I'm doing is actually supporting people. And right. I realized that some people experience a growth, but they don't share with me. And that's important. Like, you got to share. Like, hey, if you listen to this podcast, look, I want you to reach out to me. 310-598-6616. That's my office. Let me know if I've supported you on this call, if I've given you value, if you made it to this point. Because 310-598-6616. Why? Because, man, when I, when I was in that point, man, I was, I was at question, like, I was questioning, man, should I quit? Should I stop doing what I'm doing? Should I stop progressing? Should I stop growing my business? Should I stop growing my name? Should I stop sharing these podcasts, get on these messages? Why? Because I feel like there's a, there's a portion of me wasting time because I don't, I'm not experiencing the feedback that I, that I necessarily thought I should be getting. Or right. the, the amount of response that I should. So I asked that person, and then this I asked social media. Then the person reached out to me and said, "Hey, Andy, I want you to let you know that on March second, two thousand eighteen, you changed my life." And I said, "How?" And she said, "You saw me at the club, and you told me that I should be a. You should. I told you I was a nanny, and I was going to go to college, and you told me that I should uh, go after my dreams. And I remember when you did that, I literally quit my job and went after my dreams." And I said, damn, like, it's been a year. Why haven't you just, Andy, I've been following you ever since that club. I follow your content religiously every single day. But I'm the person that doesn't comment. I don't, I don't comment. I don't like. I just consume. And I was like, damn, like, thank you for being real. So we ended up meeting up and, and connecting and chatting because she found that I really supported her and her growth in her life. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I think that you should really share with other people how to like to grow because you don't know who you're going to impact and every entrepreneur should do that. It's a great point. So you're, you and your buddy go out, you start this, this new cell phone business. Oh, my um, bad, my bad. Let's, let's bring it back to that. Yeah. So, yeah. so he, he, he says like, let's, let's open up the store. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do it. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I'm doubting myself. But throughout the whole time he's like, you, I believe in you. I'm like, all right, let's do this. So I take some money that I had in savings for college, which was about seven grand, took that money, opened up the business. I, I dumped the entire seven grand. And I remember that seven grand. I want to give this to your audience. I remember that seven grand like yesterday because at the time I had a 1999 Honda Accord that was stuttering. Like it was like driving, then it was stuttered, then it was driving. I remember it was like messing up. And I remember saying, I'm going to take this seven grand. I'm going to buy a car, bro. Kevin, I'm going to buy a car. You were excited. I was excited to take that seven grand and buy a car. Now, but here's the thing. Before I bought the car, I went to ask my mentor, what should I do? I said, I said, yo, mentor. This, this guy was my old boss at the cell phone store. Still a mentor mm -hmm. to me today. And I went to him and I said, should I buy the car? 
He said, don't buy a car. Do you have a, uh, your current car? Ride it till the wheels fall off. I remember he told me specifically that. Ride it till the wheels fall off. And I said, okay, I'm gonna listen to you. Because I did, I took his advice. I opened up the cell phone store. Within 90 days, I profited it. I profited it. I profited enough to buy a car and still have a business. So I could have took that seven grand and spent it on a car. I would have had zero dollars and it would have took me, I don't know, man, maybe a year to get seven grand, to save up seven grand, maybe a year, maybe two years. But because I took that money, put it into a business that made such a high return, I wasn't a, I wasn't a W-2 employee. I was a real legitimate business generating thousands. I made enough right. to buy a car and still have an operating business. We opened up the business. Um, our challenges in the business was I didn't know how to convey the message of the products that we have. So I was used to Metro PCS doing the advertising for me. I, the customers walked right. in automatically and I just sold them when they, when they walked in. I'm like, my job was just to help and guide them. That was my job. I, now I was the marketer. I was the CEO. I was the, the fucking cash collector. I was the, I was the client manager. I was customer service. I was all of that stuff in a book. So what, at what point did you start getting into public speaking? Where did that really come out? So I opened up the business. Uh, I opened up the business. Now after the business is open for a year, I remember I said to my, one of my managers, I said, Hey man, like I want to, I, I want to, I wonder why, like I'm trying to teach people how to progress. The name of the company was progression wireless. I want to teach people how to progress. Why aren't people progressing? My right hand says to me, Oh my, that sales manager says to me, Andy, people come here for a paycheck. Some of them, some of the people come here for a paycheck. And I remember looking at him like, what do you mean? Like a paycheck? Like, what do you mean? He's like, it's a job to them. They're here for the hours. I said, get the fuck out of here, bro. People come here for, <laughs> they think it's a job. This is about progression. Like I want you to know, Kevin, like my mind was consumed on just teaching people how to progress. And the reason why was because my hood was so jammed up that I thought my business was a way that people were going to grow. Like it was a filtration company because it was a filtration system. So now people aren't progressing. I realized that I'm like, yo, what do I do? So man, one day I decided I got up and I decided to move to California after an incident where somebody saw me at a gas station and I didn't like his energy. I knew his energy was negative towards my successes and recognizing that people weren't progressing. I just realized that that place wasn't for me. That spot wasn't for me. At the time, that place wasn't for me. I need to leave. And I decided to move to California. One day I was out for a run. I was running on a street in downtown LA. And when I was running on the street, I switched from listening to rap music to personal development. I went from listening to rap in my ear to personal development. When I was listening to rap, when I was listening to rap, what I saw, what happened is I'm over here running and I'm running as fast as I can. And while I'm running, an old lady looks to, my, looks, looks to me and she's like, I hope he's okay. And, and she's walking past me as I'm running. But in my head, bro, I'm going fast. But realistically, I was going 22 minutes a mile. This morning I went for a run. It was, it was I, I, I walked 16 minutes. So I don't know, I walked, 16, this morning I went for one, a portion of it was 16 minutes walk. So, and it was a mile. So I don't know how I was running 22 minutes a mile. But I was extremely overweight and I was very slow. But I was listening to rap music. Right. I was to personal development one day. 
And I kept on listening to the personal development. I got a coach who was pushing me all the time to continue to increase my, my speed. One day I'm listening to that personal development and I see Les Brown in my ear. Like I, I hear Les Brown, motivational speaker, and I see what he's sharing with me. And my run was eight minutes in that one mile. And I was like, man, something changed. And I wonder if it's in my mind. I know, you know, I'm still new to the person development space. So I'm like, man, is my mind that powerful where I can, I can just run faster? So I said, I want to do that. I want to do that speaking. So I go on tour with Les Brown. And, and I mean, so I, I, I that would be a big jump, right? So <laughs> I go home and I hear Les Brown in my ear, which is the number one motivational speaker. I'm a 21-year-old dude. And I type in how to become a motivational speaker, Les Brown. Like, how, do, how did he become a motivational speaker? How do you become a motivational speaker? And I, I see an ad, Facebook ad that keeps following me. You know how this Facebook ad, man. You, you type in Can't Foodie get away Loops. from them. Yeah, you type in Foodie Loops. Next thing you go on your iPhone, Instagram, yeah. Foodie Loops going to pop up. And then, and then you, you, type in, you, know, you type in another thing, then the next thing you know, that pops up. It, it just keeps following you. So social media marketers for you. <laughs> exactly. So, so they, they an ad. I type in the details. I type in the details, and they they call me. They offer me an opportunity to learn from a nine online video course. Like it was like nine online videos, essentially nine modules, nine courses that they're going to give me, and it was five grand for nine videos, bro. And, I, and it was it was going to teach me how to be a speaker. And I remember I was like, man, nine thousand dollars. I mean, five thousand dollars for nine videos. That's crazy. Like, I've never spent anything over five grand besides my car and my first business. That's nuts. So I told the guy that, and he was like, well, what level do you want to operate in at one point? I said, I want to operate at the big level. So you got to do what the big boys do, invest into themselves. And I remember him saying that. I was just like, oh. But I ended up investing. And when I invested, I traveled to Miami. I got to, to, to their headquarters because I just wanted to meet the people that I was working with. So when I got right. there... When I get there, next thing, that, next thing you know, I'm working, uh, I'm talking to all the salespeople, and then guess who happens to walk in? Les, Les Brown. Brown. Les Brown walks in. And when he walks in, I'm in starstruck, man. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, that's the guy himself. He walks up to me, touches my face, literally right here on these cheeks. So this is the same cheeks, man. So if you, if you ever see me in person, you want to cut it off so you can <laughs> have the cheek that Les Brown touched, let me know. So Les Brown touches my face. And he says, young man, you look like me when I was younger. And I looked at Les and I said, Les, your voice, it sounds like YouTube. And he looks at me, he says, oh, man, come on, man. And he kept on moving. And I was like, man, he's here. So I stayed in the office. Instead of leaving, I stayed in the office. I overheard a conversation of him talking about him going on tour. So I decided to, to go into the uh, president's office and I said, give me an opportunity to be part of that tour. And he looked at me and he said, how old are you? I said, I'm 21. He said, be part of this tour, man. Who the hell is <laughs> And he didn't take me serious. And I was like, nah, man, he don't understand. He don't know who he did with it. <laughs> My mom, her hand, her wrist was hurting because my mom is a dental hygienist, so she's been in people's mouth. She's been working her wrist for the last 20 years. So my mom's wrist was hurting. My dad, right before I moved to California, he looked at me and said, young man, like you're the man of the house now because I just got laid off. 
My brother was in college. Who's going to pay the bill? I said, I have to be successful. I need to be on this tour. It was not until after seven times, man, I got my opportunity. After seven requests, literally over the course of a couple of weeks, I asked multiple times, seven times, man, to give me a chance. And on the seventh time, he said, yeah, look, I'll give you a chance. You don't stop. So I share that with you, man, because persistence always wins. Your people always win. Like, it, like your people need to know that persistence will always win if you keep on going. Absolutely. So, so that's how I got on tour. That's how I became a speaker. I got on tour with Les, learned how to speak because of being in the proximity of successful seminars. Now I host my own seminars. That's been three years since I, since I, since I did that experience. Um, I just I actually saw like a, a video on um, a video on Facebook where it was a reminder, like you know, the memories. And I saw a video three years ago today of when I was on tour. So like to the date three years ago, um, I was doing some sales training um, back then when I was on tour. So you can actually go to my, or people can go to my Instagram to, to find that video. But that's where it started, Kevin. And, and what's your Instagram? At Andy Audate. Andy Audate. A-N-D-Y-A-U-D-A-T-E. Perfect. So I, from what I understand, you've got a tour coming up though as well, right? Um, if you would tell us about that. Yeah, the Progression Conference Tour, man. So we're going from city to city, multiple cities. We'll, we'll have about 2,000 people in the cities, uh, in the events uh, throughout the tour. And, man, I'm, I'm so super pumped and I'm super excited for this, for this tour, man, because we're going, to, we're going to hit the southeast. So we're, going to, we're hitting Atlanta. We'll be in New York. We'll be in Dallas. We'll be in Arizona, Las Vegas. We'll be in Los Angeles. So I'm super excited about this tour, man, really because of the impact that it'll have on the audience, as well as giving an opportunity like I did for 21 new speakers. So I'm looking for 21 speakers to go on tour with me, where I actually train them and go on stage and, and go on tour the same way that I did when I was with Les Brown. And the reason why, because I realized that the people who want to be speakers, that if they get an opportunity like I did, where they get to see what a live event actually looks like, and, and the feel of being part of a successful tour, that will support them in the growth of their business much faster and their speaking business. So for the people that want to be a part of that, all they have to do is go to andyaudate.com forward slash tour to sign up. andyaudate.com forward slash tour, T-O-U-R. Andy, your story's awesome. I feel like we could spend two or three hours sitting here breaking down so much stuff, but obviously I want to be respectful of your time. We want to be respectful of our audience's time. But before we wrap this up, I want to take you through something I call the lightning segment. Basically, we're just looking a few quick questions, just looking for some quick, short answers. Let's do it. If you could tell your 18-year-old self one thing, what would it be? Um, it would definitely be, man, whenever you have an opportunity, take action faster. Whenever you have an opportunity, take action faster. And not be scared, man. Also, to record, so it'll be, a bunch, it'll be one thing with, with a bunch of dashes. So this is like one, one big sentence with a bunch of dashes, one word with a bunch of dashes. Yep. And it would, it, would also, it would also be recognizing that where you come from does not actually limit you. How important is a morning routine to you? 
Uh, right now, it's very important, and, and it sounds very cliche, but if you have your morning set up in a certain way, like my morning routine is, is the same, wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, pray, um, mindset, listen to rap music, get my day started with some energy, and hit the gym uh, by 4 o'clock. And so if you have a certain routine, you know how you're going to be feeling by that morning. So it's about getting a feeling, and the feeling is to have energy and be positive. How do you consume content most often? Uh, podcasts, and really it's going to be podcasts and videos, audio videos. Audios and videos. So what's one podcast that you would recommend the audience to listen to? The Progression Show. What's one thing that you believe that most would disagree with? One thing that I'm, uh, I believe that most people disagree with is action before knowledge. So I'm focused on taking action before knowledge. Other people want to take knowledge before action. So they want to go to college, then go to college, do an internship, and then do a study for six years, and then start a business. I'm like, I'll, do this. I'll start the business. I'll fuck up a bunch of times. Learn. Have a successful business by the time you start yours. I love it. Who's your biggest mentor, past or present? Uh, my biggest mentor would be my Kickstarter mentor would be James. So, so James would be my biggest mentor. My, he's, the one who started, he's the one who owns cell phone stores. Okay. What's the biggest misconception about working for yourself? <laughs> that, you're, like, that you don't have a boss. Like your clients become your boss now. And then, and then lastly, where you have a bunch of time, you have a bunch of time as well. And then lastly, where's one place online where we'll be able to see and interact with you the most? It's going to be andyaudate.com. And definitely on my andyaudate.com. Yep. And definitely on my Instagram, andyaudate. Andyaudate.com, Instagram, andyaudate. And that's A U D A T E, correct? That's A U D A T E. Andy, A-U-D-A-T. Thank you so much, Kevin. Perfect. Thanks, Andy. We'll catch you next time. Yeah, brother.